Welcome to the Louder Vision podcast for creative people. I'm filmmaker, artist, and your host, Laura Mioli. I'm also author of the book, Clarity for Your Creative Career, tips, advice, and inspiration from successful artists to quit the job you hate and create a life you love. The paper book and ebook versions are now available on amazon.com and on my website, loudavision.com. So in my book and on past episodes of this podcast, I've mentioned how I started in the media production industry over 10 years ago. Uh, actually 12. So it was all thanks to a very hands-on internship at the Emmy-winning Transit Transit News Magazine. For those of you not in the tri-state area or not familiar, this is the former 30-minute PBS broadcast based around the New York City Subway Transit Authority, the MTA, as you might know it. So I'm not the only one who got their foot in the door through this amazing internship program. It had a long 20-year history thanks to many great interns and staff. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing the man who taught me and many others how to do what I do. He is currently an assistant professor of journalism at the University of the Bahamas, two-time Emmy winner, the one, the only, Winston Mitchell! Woo! I made it. <laughs> you made it. Greetings from the Bahamas. Hello. Winston, start by telling everyone why we are here in the Bahamas. Why you're here personally why you're or why here, I'm here? What brings you to the Bahamas? Um, well, after doing 20 years at New York City Transit and another 20 years in network television. So that's 40 years of doing hard news and covering riots and wars and the best and worst that life has had to offer. I was asked if I was interested in coming and doing my skills someplace else outside the U.S., um, and then for the past 20 years, I was a news director, as you said, for a transit, transit news magazine. But during that time, I also um, taught on the side at two universities. So I taught at Hofstra, uh, Megar Evitz, um, Bronx Community College, and Pace University. Mm-hmm. So I kind of groomed myself for the day that I could say, bye-bye, New York. Yeah. You know, bye-bye, 14-hour day, yeah. days to a 14-hour week. That's amazing. So, yeah, that's why I'm here. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You, it, get to, it gets to a point in your life it's no longer about, you know, how much money I can make and how much more I want to do my career. Mm-hmm. Because at some point you need to start living your life. Yeah. And I know a lot of journalists, they will stay there to their last breath. And I don't get it. You know, after, you know, 40 years or, you know, 50 years in the business mm-hmm. and you're barely walking, enjoy the rest of your life, man. Yeah. But... You know, some people live to work and others work to live. Yes. But I don't know if I believe that people should work at a job they don't like just to make money so they could have fun. Well, they have people do that. I know. I know. You don't have a choice, especially if you live in New York. I know. Because you know, it, it's outrageous. Mm-hmm. But it's unfortunately what's happening in New York is also happening all around the world, even mm-hmm. here in the Caribbean. Um, they're building just for rich people. Mm-hmm. You travel around the United States. Everywhere you go in the U.S., they're building for rich people. So what is the middle class supposed to do? Mm. But, you know, that's fake news. <laughs> we can't talk about that. That's fake news. Yeah, right. <laughs> and speaking of news, you have a long career in media, including managerial and production roles at major networks. So CNN, Eyewitness News, WABC-TV, and WNYE-PBS-TV. So just to name a few. Um, and that's where we watch transit all the right. time. But uh, how did you break into the media industry at first? Um, well, my sister, she was at um, WNYE, and I was a se- senior in um, high school, and she brought mm-hmm. home a video camera. But back in those days, the cameras, you had to actually put them together. 
So the camera unit was one piece. Then you had a recorder that was looked like an old-fashioned reel-to-reel. So you actually had to thread the videotape through the reel-to-reel. And then you had to put everything together in the light belts. By the time you were done, it was like 20 pounds worth of gear. So she came home one day, and that was all laid out and done. And next thing I know, I've been doing it ever since high school. <laughs> you just had the knowledge just to be curious enough to put together right. that camera. Right. I think some people, when they try to get into the industry, they think like, oh, well, I like doing this. But if you don't have that like interest that you're going to really focus on something until it's complete, that is like the passion that I think a lot of people need right. when they're getting started. So you True. definitely had that. Um, and some people, I know, and I don't believe everybody can do anything. You know, I, I think it's a lot of bull crap. I'm sorry. Some people are just has have skills. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll pick up something out of the blue mm-hmm. and they're able to do it. Yeah, okay. Yes, anybody could pick up a camera. But, you know, three years into shooting a camera, you're still cutting people's heads off. Yeah. You don't have the skill and something's wrong. Yeah. Whereas someone could pick up the camera on the very first day and give you a shot that would blow you away. So Yeah. Because yeah. I think some people watch TV in a different way or they watch video in a different way. And movies too. And movies. Yeah. So if you learn how to watch movies in that technical analysis type of way, then I think that makes Yeah, but some things just make common sense. I mean, if you're taking a picture and you see a whole bunch of sky and a person's head is in the corner and you know on the bottom doesn't that click like maybe something's wrong? Yeah, yeah. But people do it. Did you watch a lot of TV as a kid? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. were your well, favorite? Well, back then that was our, you know, that was our babysitters. Now you all have tablets. So. <laughs> which, which I kind of think is was better back then because, you know, if you know the ESP cycle, you have the elite, popular, mm-hmm. and specialized. So back then, popular, if something was popular, everyone knew, you know, and now... You could be so focused on one thing, you don't know what your kid's watching on that tablet. Because oh, now it's very specialized. The parental control. Yeah. And, okay. and I've seen kids in, their, in the cradle with, with tablets. And I, I even told my son, uh, don't do that. The kid came in and speak. And you got the, there as his toy. And what, you know what happened? When the kid got older, the tablet became a crutch. He couldn't go without the tablet in his hand because that yeah. was like his parent. Wow. So like a security blanket almost. Yeah. And that's what's happening a lot. That's what people don't seem to realize with the technology. I think because people, they worry so much that kids are forgetting. They don't know how to write handwriting anymore. Oh, forget about analytical skills. That's like out the door. But now you're talking about like a psychological dependence on uh, technology. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is how the industry is changing. So seeing how technology is becoming part of our everyday life, every single person grows up with kind of a a phone or a device in their hands. What are your thoughts on how that's affected the journalism and the media production industry? Uh, Okay, let's let's take those in different And I have a few, like, points we have to go to. to. Okay. (laughs) Well, we have to split in half because production and and journalists are two different things when it comes to the technology. Mm -hmm. I think the first mistake that was done years ago is when the reporter also was the camera person. Yeah, the one You man can't man. do both. Mm-hmm. You can't be a reporter and go behind closed doors and get information when you're dragging your camera with you. Yeah. Or, you know, the cameraman has to be someplace while you go and get information. Yeah. You can't you be to, both. 
and they the did that. Yeah. Once, yeah. And then the second biggest threat to journalists is the citizen journalists. I do not believe in citizen journalists at all mm-hmm. because any fool with a camera can make up any story they want. And because there's nobody else there to verify it, you have to believe this person for that moment. And you know what kind of trouble we could get into a society mm-hmm. if someone really wants to do damage? Forget about bombs. Yeah. All they have to do is do some fake news, make believe something's happening, and then what happens? True. Well, let's go back to the technology part of it. I think um, cameras on your phone and like everyone right. with the small equipment that has evolved because of citizen journalists, right. people that don't necessarily know how to operate a camera. And that's the other problem. That's why if you look at movies and TV shows these days, um, you know, the, remember the, we, there was a movement at one point where the camera would constantly move; it would never stop. Mm-hmm. You know, to in, to make believe it's action. Yeah. Well, that was actually done by a cameraman that did it by mistake. And he <laughs> handed it into the production guy. They didn't have time to reshoot it. So I said, okay, let's just go with it. And then that became, oh, wow, yeah. look at that. But that's not photography, yeah. a camera that never stops moving. Well, except if you saw the movie Birdman. But it, that did have purposeful, like, start, stop move the camera for a reason. I believe very much you have to move the camera with purpose. Yeah. There has to be something you're looking for. And I tell a lot of my students, like, look with your eyes first. And I think that's something you taught me. Yeah. Is don't just put your head in the camera and then you're looking around. Yeah. I call it spraying see. a place. You walk in and you spray the place with your eyes to see what's mm-hmm. around. You yeah. figure out the stories and then you target the B-roll. That you need, and that's the key word, B-roll. <laughs> and natural sound, yeah. you know. I tell my students all the time, we're not making silent film. Yeah. You know, where's the audio? Yeah. Don't use the camera mic for an interview. Use a, <laughs> use a hand mic or a lavalier. True. And I take points off big time mm-hmm. for all that stuff. But when we look at videos online uh, or even on, on TV, like if you look at a reality show, it has 100 camera angles. Right. If you look at um, just Facebook, all these videos, right. people don't, I don't think care about quality as much as they, they don't. did. They don't. They don't care about quality. And the stations don't care about quality like they used to either. Mm-hmm. You know? Because they just need that person who's going to be the first person to get there right? and get it no matter how it looks. And it doesn't matter how truthful the story is. You get the facts later. Just get there. True. Because how many times have you turned, you get one story on one channel, you go to four different channels, and the story is different because no one knows what the facts are because it just... They don't have yeah. time to really dig into it because they're yeah. also the reporter and the camera. Yeah. Can't do both. True. And then to have to worry about going live, the technology right. involved in that when right. you have to like prepare to report and be on air. I can't imagine a one-man band. The it's, stress it's that must be on them. It's insane. So, and then they don't pay them like they used to. Well, they don't you know? pay anybody like they I used know. to, Winston. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. And that's why some some the quality of some journalists has um, really gone down. Mm-hmm. You know, they're afraid to ask the tough questions because they don't know how to ask the tough questions. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's an art to it. You have to actually learn it. But people think, oh, well, you know, there's a fire down the block. Let me go make believe I'm a journalist. And then, you know, the the other dangerous, most dangerous part is between, you know, uh, the citizen journalists is they have no one that they're accountable to. Mm -hmm. And the same thing, you know, I don't, I don't want to get on your podcast, but a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you don't know who's making this stuff. Yeah. So you have to be very careful where you get your information mm-hmm. from, yeah. especially online and on the web. There's so much misinformation because 
No one wants to double check because we've become lazy. Mm-hmm. I want to go to one place for my news. Okay, well, if they're telling you that the world is flat and you know the world is round, doesn't it since something clicks and maybe I should check another uh, news source. It's like those Facebook fact pictures where it's yeah. like, here's something like, oh, but Hillary killed a bunch of a b- bunch of babies, and it's just a picture. Doesn't say right. source w- where that information oh, comes yeah. from, and people just share it automatically. Yeah. So it's it's scary, but who do we actually trust? I noticed that you actually watch the news, yeah. which I don't do anymore. Well, news has become entertainment now with Trump. News I mean, has yeah, you don't need reality shows, and he's made America a reality show, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's what that's what gets me. We're actually living through a reality show yeah. of this man's brain, and no one wants to say nothing. It's now, like I was a, really a journalist. Long- Long season of uh, his show. Yeah, what was it and, called? And uh, the The Apprentice. The Apprentice. And he should have been fired. fired. He should have been fires fired. People out of the White House every day, all the time, <laughs> and it's happening. And you know, it seems like we've lost our moral ground as a society. And li- I'll tell you this: living outside the U.S., mm-hmm. the things I hear on how the rest of the world thinks about America. So at the beginning. They blamed everything on Trump. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got a crazy president, you know, he's going to make the world blow up. Now they don't blame Trump anymore. Now they blame Americans because mm-hmm. we've gone along with this craziness. We're enabling him. We're letting <laughs> him do it. So now, oh, you crazy Americans. Why do you all want to have all these things actually? Because it's obvious Hillary, what, won by three million votes. That's really not that much. Yeah. There are more people in Brooklyn than three million. So when you think about the big picture, most of America would rather vote voted for a male who is a womanizer. And I have to blame some of the ladies out there because you all didn't get out and vote. Yeah. That door was or cracked voted open. For him. Or, or voted for him. You know, it's just unbelievable. But you know, he tells the truth, he tells it like it is. All right. You go to the bank bank now because of the government shutdown. You tell the bank, "Oh, I can't pay rent," but Trump, you know, tells us how it is. Yeah, I all agree. Right. But okay. so, in covering all of that, and everyone wants to be the first person to get it, which news stations do you trust? I keep to the, to the old standards: NBC, CBS, ABC. And I watch all three. So you and there's a lot of news coming out now. It used to be just Fox you had to mm-hmm. watch out for because you know they're just totally out in La La mm-hmm. Land. But now there are other news stations coming up, and you have to find out where those news stations are being sponsored from. Because then, mm-hmm. what all American news news or something? Or, yeah, that's that's another. I'll share the yeah. the John Oliver uh, take on it. He did a whole story yeah. on who owns all of the all news this stations. Stuff. Scary stuff. Yeah, that's why you have to look to, to more places for um, information. Mm-hmm. And just to go back to the internet. If the if your people out there type in Winston Mitchell nine eleven, mm-hmm. you're gonna see all the stuff come up about me in nine eleven. So I was one of the first persons to go live from nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So I saw the planes going. I went. I reported from the ground. I was like the third person to go live worldwide on the phone. On the phone. Mm-hmm. You look me up on the web. I was a government plant. I was never there. I made up everything. And what really ticks me off is there's one site called Digging for the Truth. Mm-hmm. I reached out to them through phone calls and emails, and they had never bothered following up. I said, "So they're not Here's digging hard name. enough." No, they're <laughs> not interested. The they're not digging for truth. They're just you know making up more conspiracies. And people out there, 9/11 did happen. I saw it. It wasn't a cartoon. Of course not. Oh, you'd be, Anyone you'd be surprised. Anyone in New York would know. A lot of people say, oh, you know, we blew, we blew it up with, you know, explosives because a plane couldn't have done that. Like, you know, people, I don't know. 
So the way that that technology has adapted, um, so I think to- technology has made us dumber as a society because just because you have the world at your fingertips on a phone, if I say, okay, I'm putting you on a, on a desert island, or even out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Here's how you make fire, you know, so you can at least eat today. This is, you know, northeast and south. And now I take away your phone. You don't know how to make fire. You don't know where mm-hmm. northeast and west is because you didn't learn it. You just saw it. So all this thing, oh, yeah, people are getting more. They're not getting smarter. We're getting dumber because we're getting lazier. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have to know anything. As long as I got my phone or I'm near a computer, True. I don't need to really know anything. That is a scary thing to think about, for sure. But I wonder in terms of, you know, having social media, having our phones on us all the time, that is the reality of it. Um, Equipment has evolved. Like the professional equipment now, you see even my podcast setup, it would have been 30 more pounds and thousands of dollars more than than it is now. But see, you're using it properly. I've seen people that have the same exact setup. They won't have the lavaliers. They won't have the headphones on. Mm-hmm. They'll be at the opposite end of the table like you and me, but they'll use the speakerphone on the, on the yeah. Zoom. Yeah. So they got the technology, but just because you have the technology, if you don't have to use it properly. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know that will happen. So I don't feel like doing any microphones. Yeah, just talk loud. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's what people have gotten used to. And I, I try to always worry about audio first because I think it's the hardest thing. Well, especially what you do. Well, yeah, especially what I yeah. do. But even when I'm doing a video shoot, audio is the most important thing. And if yeah. you're not going to set up your audio correctly, then you're you're. Well, failing. that goes back to people don't care about quality anymore. Yeah. Everybody's gotten, even, you know, people have gotten lazy in the business. True. But, but in terms of the business, are they getting lazier because we have to have multiple jobs to support Yeah, because ourselves? it's too much for... Okay, so back in the day, if you were a reporter, you didn't have to live with your mom <laughs> or yeah. live with, with a roommate because you were in New York. Mm-hmm. But now because, you know, it's you're a grown-up and the rents are so high, you still feel like a child because here you are 30, 40 years old, you got to live with a roommate. Yeah. yeah. But also it, it's... You know, I, I don't want to give millennials, I guess is what we're talking about, anyone like a tough rap because we have higher uh, student debt than any other right. generation. But you think it would make them work harder. Yeah, but how, how hard are you going to work to make half of what your parents made or the same amount that they made? Meanwhile, everything else right. is more expensive. Like, how, how does that add up, you know? But you're mixing two different things, um, working and being a millennial and, you know, how you think the worth ethics of a millennial, they're two different paths altogether. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not fair to say, like, one generation is, you know, lumping a one generation into a whole, everybody's the Every same. Every generation gets lumped. I mean, that's true. Get over it. <laughs> but I think it's a personality thing. Like, young or old, if someone is not dedicated or they're not, you know hardworking that you can't really that shouldn't have to do with how old you are it's exactly it should not have to do with how old you are that should be just a plain work ethic i'm sure there were lots of dumb people that are my age and your age i'm saying a lot of dumb (laughs) people get high positions shit we got one for president (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) so your internship program at the mta where i started out was really successful in creating broadcasters for 20 years how did that internship program begin? Was it an evolution, or did you have a vision for what you wanted it to be from the very start? Um, it just happened. Um, 
when I got to New York City Transit, they were going through a lot of bad rep in the press and the public because um, people weren't being kept abreast of what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, why don't we do a TV show? Mm-hmm. Problem is, it was only three of us in the department. I said, okay, well, if we're going to do a TV show, well, we definitely can't do a, a daily because mm-hmm. only three of us. What's realistic? So we, I said, okay, let's do a monthly one mm-hmm. and let's get some interns in here and have them do most of the work. And they're mm-hmm. in the field. So when they actually go through the program, they're not only they're on TV, but they leave with a reel so they can go get a job. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have such a great success, success story with students that are in the business right now. Jonathan Vigliotti, mm-hmm. you know, he's all over the world with the Queen, you know, in, the, in, in London and traveling mm-hmm. to all these places. That's one of my guys. Mm-hmm. So what are the most important things that you like to teach? Well, it's an attitude. So I tell people right off the bat, one, if you want to get into the business, you can't be timid. Don't mm-hmm. even bother. Two, if you don't like getting yelled at, don't get into the business. <laughs> you don't three, have to get yelled at, Winston. Yes, you do. You do yeah. not. Come on. Not for your whole career. If you don't think people in, in the in the newsroom when it's you know five minutes to airtime and you don't have your story ready, you don't think they get yelled at. <laughs> Fine. Huh? Fine. Yes. Be prepared to get yelled at your whole life. (laughs) All right? Um, You can't be scared, so you have to be fearless. Mm -hmm. Because if they tell you to go into a neighborhood, it's like, oh, I don't go into those neighborhoods. No, no, no. You got to be able to go into any neighborhood, go into any war zone or any riot. Mm -hmm. So you have to be fearless. And you got to be able to, to, you have to love the job. Mm -hmm. If you like excitement, and you like being where history is being made, mm-hmm. and, and you're not scared or anything, and you can deal with you know complications. Mm-hmm. It's the best job because every day you never know where you're going to be or what's going to happen. Yeah, you get to meet a lot of new yeah. people. And you, yeah, you also get to see the best and the worst that life has had to offer. And I've seen plenty of dead, dead bodies and you know dead children, and I've been through body parts. But you know that'll be in the morning. In the afternoon, you're having you know. Uh, a press conference from Madonna or, you know, going out to meet the president, you know, the vice president of the United States or, you know, anything. Wow. So you never know what's going to happen. We always used to keep a change of clothes and 400 bucks in our lockers because we never knew where we were going to go. So being a videographer for a news station? Everybody does. Works at the station. Mm -hmm. All the photographers. Everybody has, you know, keep something. If you're in the production there because you never know where you're going to go. But a lot of these jobs I'm finding are union Yes. So how does someone get into that? We don't have the MTA program anymore. Here's the, the catch-22. You can't be in the union unless you have a job, and you can't join. You can't get a job unless you're in the union. Yes. Yeah, Basically, so, you don't, don't worry about that. You place whoever hired you, they figure that out for you. Don't mm-hmm. even worry about the union. So, so you stuff. wouldn't advise to, to pay to join a union nah. before you have a job? Nah. It's Very not going to do you any know. good. Very good to know. Yeah. Now, there's some organizations I would join. Mm-hmm, like? Um, BEA or NAB. Oh, NAB. NAB. Mm-hmm. Um, the, oh, what's it called? A National Association of Black Journalists, National mm-hmm. Association of Hispanic Journalists. It's a national um, association for journalists of any race, any color, anything mm-hmm. you can think of. Join one of those groups. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get into the educational part, there's... Um, the Chronicles of Higher Education, mm-hmm. and there's higher And there's production jobs there, too. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it's a sweet job working at a university, you know, because you get all the holidays on. Yeah, you taught me very well. Yeah. So what what is the best part of working in education? 
because you've been a professor for a long time. Best part is seeing a student on TV or in the media mm-hmm. or producing or once they graduate and know that you put them there. Can you mention just a few of your success stories? Uh, Tamani Woolley, she's at uh, she's an anchor in Albany. We have um, Trina, she's actually become now a federal judge. Wow. So good for her, yeah. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Vigliotti. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Vivian Guzman. She's, she does stuff for the auto industry. It's just a whole ton. I, I, I'd say... Kevin VC from News Kevin 12. Kevin VC from News 12. You. So I'd say probably over the 20 years, I, I have a list. I started 200 careers. Wow. And since I've been here in the Bahamas, I've started seven. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I have students already on the air here as reporters, and two of them are actually anchoring. The thing I loved about your internship program is that you'd give an opportunity to people who had no experience. Right. So it was like that very first step into production where, like, at the time I was working at the Museum of Modern Art, just giving out headsets. Yeah. And, like... I never thought I could actually be a TV producer or work in video because I thought like, oh, that's that's like a dream, right. like a fun thing to do. It's not going to make me money. But then that internship program was the only one that said, here's a camera, start producing, start doing this and that. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just figure it out. <laughs> well, that's an excellent point you made. And the reason is because we're a non-union shop and we weren't that big of, a, uh, of an industry uh, component. People that want internships, they always go, oh, I want to work for BET. Oh, I want to go to ABC. Oh, I want to go to NBC. They're thinking too big. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to these larger stations, you're not allowed to touch anything because it's yeah. union. You're an intern. You're, you're getting an intern. coffee. You're getting coffee. coffee. You might go along for a ride you know, once and the whole time you're there. Mm-hmm. Go to smaller production houses. Go to even um, companies that, you know, people don't realize you know, Campbell's and, and Viacom and um, MetLife and mm-hmm. all these, even all down Wall Street, everybody's got their own video departments. Video and production is huge because that's not how they communicate with their employees. Mm. So they figure out it's cheaper now for us to make our own stuff than outsourcing it. Yeah, because it is. And people think, you know, I'm going to hire someone to manage my social media and be a videographer right. and edit videos right. and be our photographer. And you end up doing it all. Everything right. and that's actually a good situation. Yeah, as long as you know valuable. what you're doing. As long as you and you know the thing is you can do all that. It's all about time management. Yes. You know, you know when you're going out to shoot something with your camera, you realize okay, I want to make a podcast. So, so make sure you ask the same the kind of questions that you would want in your podcast while you're out there instead yeah. of coming back and say, oh, let me put the podcast together. Yeah, I mean, think of just, it as one thing. Just taking a second to even write out a few questions right. on a scrap of paper. Is well, what that's I what people mean. don't I don't understand. A lot of people they go out, they don't have the questions. They don't even know who the people are that they're interviewing. How are you going to go interview somebody? <laughs> and you don't you know you don't even know what the story is or anything about them. That's because you have to be the first person to get there. Remember? No, even if they know in advance, it's like unbelievable. And please start asking hard questions, folks out there. If you're going to be a journalist, don't be a wimp. Yeah, but a lot of the times the production companies and the stations are very biased and they they let you know that you can only ask certain it becomes a marketing no, it's not, that, that's not true either certain stations yes but i know hundreds of journalists and no, no one's going to tell them what questions to ask true. no one's going to tell them what to ask yeah, yeah. So or, what, or tell the, the editor you know you have to edit a certain way certain stations yes fox has an agenda 
But these other stations, they really don't have it. They're too busy trying to get the news on the air. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The most fun that I've had since I've been here, aside from being in your pool, <laughs> which is amazing, has been sitting at your computer editing with you for like five minutes because it, it reminded me of exactly like how the office used to be right. and it, and so funny because like we used to teach each other things that right, way right. and i think um some people in higher positions they never want to learn like they're not listening they're just like i'm doing it and this is the way i do it and you you can't tell me anything because you're lower down you're an intern right yeah, that happens. And something that was important at tra- at Transit when we worked together was like you were very open, you and Chris, very open to other people giving a suggestion or pointing something out. What are you talking about? Have somebody else do my work for me? Hell yeah. <laughs> that's what that's called. Delegating authority. Delegating authority. That's right. Here, Here's the camera. I'm going to teach you how to shoot, edit, right? Yeah. Now, I'll follow you on one story with my monitor and that's it. Now you're on your own. You're on your own. And that's, I think, very important. Yeah. And then giving that hard feedback. Plus, you got people that want, you know, they want to micromanage everything. Mm-hmm. And then they're afraid to give hard feedback. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to offend them. Well, <laughs> no, because if this stuff doesn't look good, I still have to put it on the air and my name is on the show. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to offend you if this stuff yeah. looks like crap. And, and, and you keep doing it over and over and over again. And I think the most important thing you taught me at the time was that my work is not me. You're not saying, like, you suck. You're saying right. that shot sucks. Exactly. Fix that shot. And you have right. to separate yourself from that, what yeah, you're People creating. take everything so personal, especially <laughs> these days. Jeez. It's unbelievable. So you've taught a lot, definitely to me. But what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned? Uh, from what? In your career. Don't take your work home. I can see 20 dead bodies. Mm-hmm. And I go home and, okay, but don't, you know, just don't take your work home. And how you can have a horrible time at work, don't take it home. And how do we do that when we're always connected on our phones? You see my phone on all the time. <laughs> you know, especially if you have a business, my phone, if, if it's a business phone, it's on nine to five. Mm-hmm. Click, it's off. Yeah. You get me out of that, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to set boundaries. You got to set boundaries. Yeah. You know, you can't live your whole life connected and always worrying about stuff. So a lot of people don't have a mentor type of relationship with anyone. The way I feel like you've been a very huge influence on me as a mentor and to know that I can always come to you for advice, for a reference, for support. It's really awesome. But a lot of people don't have that. Um, You could see them really struggling to make a path for themselves and they don't know what direction to go in. And in the media industry, with technology changing every year, every month and cameras are old by the time they ship it to you. What can people do to stay current and to ensure a long career in media production or whatever creative field we love? Do we still need mentors or is there something else? Internships are important, but even if you can't do an internship, volunteer, mm-hmm. because it's all about connections. And the more connections you have, the more opportunities that will open to you. And I think if you can get a, a mentor, try and get one. But mm-hmm. that also depends on how you're going about to get into the business. Are you going to just try it, wing it without getting an education? You know, yeah. well, I'm going to just learn online and lynda.com t- tells me everything I need to know. Or are you actually going to go to school? And that's where you get your mentors from because if you don't interact with professionals because yeah. you think and know it all because it's all on the web, True. then you get what you get. So there's still value in that face-to-face. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And say it doesn't work out. At least you got a degree. True. <laughs> if it doesn't work out, what are you going to do? I got a high school diploma and I'm 50. 
True. At least you can say, well, I do have a bachelor's I degree. I do have a bachelor's degree. I can degree. be a bank teller. Yeah. I can Anything. Many things. Yeah. yeah. Get, your, uh, get your master's, you know, and then you can teach. And and these degrees don't go as far as they used to anymore. No, but now a bachelor's degree now you got to have a degree. Now you have to have no one. No matter what, yeah. It is important. At the time when you started, did people have bachelor's degrees? No, actually back then you had to have a radio license. An FCC a radio license. license. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 1979, you had to have a radio license to even shoot a camera or be in the live trucks. Wow. And So you had to have a class class four or class two, one of the two. Mm-hmm. So you needed that back. certification, that yeah. license, and you also needed a bachelor's degree? Or? Yeah. Well, wow. they wanted you to have a degree, mm-hmm. but the license was the most important thing. So how does someone... Which I never understood, but I guess because broadcast... They figured anything that had to do with broadcast, you had to have a license for. Probably. Even though it's a camera. It's like an aptitude test. Right. Yeah. So how does someone stay current in that field? Good luck. (laughs) I think the main thing is don't try and know every new thing Mm -hmm. because it changes too quick. Mm -hmm. Pick something that's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. Get to know that. Maybe know two other things, but if you try to keep up with everything, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. That is what I am trying to do, Winston. <laughs> but I also am. I am very conscious of like the learning experience. That's why I'm studying instructional design and like how do we learn the principles of these things and not just learn the program. Like the principle of editing versus, oh, I know Final Cut 10 or I know Premiere. Well, that comes back to knowing the technical to knowing the the creative. Yeah. Because you could be technically great and you could be a great writer. You know how to spell everything, Mm -hmm. you know your grammar. But when it comes to actually telling a story, you can't tell a story. But then some people just have the technical and they don't have the the other knowledge. Well, sometimes you don't need to. It has to be both. You have to know how to execute. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have both. Mm-hmm. We, you have somebody that's a sound engineer. Mm-hmm. You hire them to do something and the sound comes out crappy. But you're looking at it and say, well, they got the best equipment. Yeah. They had everything they needed. How come it still didn't you know, work properly? Mm-hmm. Because they were a technician and didn't actually understand how sound works. Mm-hmm. One thing I tell my students about sound and light, mm-hmm. they're liquids. Think of it as a liquid. Mm-hmm. You close the door. You have a light on the other room. What leads to the bottom of the door? Light. Oh. So is that like a liquid? Yes. You know, sound is the same way. Sound is what? Waves, like a li- liquid, yeah. right? So depending on the, the type of waves and where you put your microphones, mm-hmm. depends on what you're going to pick up. So oh. think of things as a liquid. That's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's why it's called sound waves. <laughs> right? silly. But true, right? It is very true. It's a great way to think about it. Yeah. Um, so just because you put a light up in a room and it's not pointing at that person, don't think it's going to light them up magically. It doesn't light up the whole or room. Or you have a microphone facing in the wrong way where the person's mouth is. Don't think it's just going to pick it up magically. True. So it's a liquid. If it's a liquid, if you have a liquid, you have to catch it in a cup. So think of your microphone as that cup that's capturing the sound. I think some people get very caught up in the brand names of things oh, yeah. and they think, oh, I have to buy this Sennheiser right. million dollar microphone. Right. And yes, those microphones are probably better than. But if you don't know how to use it, it doesn't matter. Microphone. Yes, my it's like, okay, I have a, a Volkswagen Beetle but I, or, and my friend has a Ferrari. 
you know? Yeah. Do I but one doesn't know how to drive. Exactly. <laughs> was that little yeah. Wayne? He had like 10 cars and he was only like 16, so he couldn't drive any. So what's the point? <laughs> By the time you get old enough to drive them, they're going to be yeah. out of date. Yes. So the expense and the <laughs> brand name of the equipment doesn't matter. It's more important to know how to use something. Yeah, yes, yes. Because the cheapest stuff can sound just as great. Yes. With everything evolving, with this wonderful place in the Bahamas, what is next for you, Winston? Uh, I'm going to retire. Retire? Yeah, I'm done, man. I got, I got a science fiction book I have to write. Yes. Um, what is it the about? The Last Professor. The Last Professor. Yeah, it's about aliens taking over and how they use technology to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And they got rid of all the libraries and books and everything and got us used to using the tablets. Mm-hmm. And this one professor figures it out because by this point, they've gotten rid of all the colleges and schools and everything. So we rely mm-hmm. on everything on technology. And he just figures out a way how to kick it to the aliens. Yes. Say everything. And the other yes. one's a book, uh, a mm-hmm. children's book. And then um, I'm thinking about maybe Circa um, navigating the inner part of the United States by yacht. Wow. That sounds fun. Yeah. Do we have to wait till we retire to do all these fun things? Because you've had I've just done this lived three times. an amazing life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I quit ABC. This first, the first time I bought a yacht and sailed to Barbados. I did yacht right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I quit, I quit ABC Network to do that. Mm-hmm. So you have definitely followed your passion and yeah, things man. that you love. Yeah. Is yeah. That... You got to. You know, do you want to get to my age, which is 61, and say, Woo. I could have... And I should have, but I didn't. Yes. When I know I could have done it, mm-hmm. but I was afraid to make that leap. Yeah. Like people thought I was crazy coming down. What, you're leaving New York? You're leaving the TV industry? You're leaving all your friends and family to go, yes. what, living in the, in the Bahamas for three years? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Sounds pretty, sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> What's the issue? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, people are afraid to take chances. People mm. are afraid of, you know, change. And, uh, you know, we make all kinds of excuses. Even when it comes to money. You know, make excuses. Yeah. Like money's the root of all evil. That's what poor people tell each other to feel good. Or money doesn't buy happiness. That's what rich people tell poor people so they don't (laughs) feel good. Because if I'm rich, I'd rather be rich and unhappy than poor and unhappy. Because at least if you're rich and unhappy, you can buy a little happiness here and there. (laughs) But if you're poor and unhappy, you're just screwed. You have no chance. You got nothing. So don't believe that that whole saying, people. Yeah. Money is good. Yes. And it's good to like what you do, but also to take a break when you need it and do the things that you want to do. It doesn't have to be work all the time. Was there anything that you've ever done like me? Um, So I started freelancing. I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to just quit my day day job, quit the benefits, get rid of all of it and just be a freelancer, have my own production business. And then figured out, I don't like doing this after a few months. Was there anything that you took a chance on and then you realized it wasn't right for you and it kind of led you in a different direction? Yeah. No? Yeah. So everything you've, you've done has been... Yeah, I've never had a job I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And I never did anything I didn't want to do. That's great. I've been lucky. Yeah. Awesome. Look, my first job at 16, mm-hmm. this is just the way my life is. At 16 yeah. years old, my first job as a lifeguard, was at the Playboy Club. So if that's your first job <laughs> at 16 years, now the Playboy Club actually up in New Jersey. Oh, my God. And uh, so if your first job is at 16 is at the Playboy Club, we're, yeah. you can only go up from there. So are you very selective with your jobs? <laughs> no, I just pick fun stuff. 
pick fun stuff. That's great yeah. advice. Yeah. So before, and I, you know, I know I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I like you know fun things that takes you outside of the office. So before we go, I want to make sure that you have a chance to mention your book, Station Break. So did you want to tell everybody about it and where they can buy a copy? Um, it's on Amazon now and Lulu. Mm-hmm. Um, com. It's basically a book about my life. It's adult reading, so no children adult should be reading. reading. Yeah, yeah. A lot of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But the thing is, it's all true. Um, True it's about being in the TV business, quitting ABC Network, buying a yacht, sailing down to the um, to Barbados, which was the first time I did this whole thing, and uh, talks talks about being starting a business outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. But in the book, I get to kill a couple of people and blow up stuff. So a little and bit I end of up fantasy. Rich. <laughs> it's called a Roma Vete, so it's a true story mm-hmm. uh, with a little sparkle here and there. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's the actual what it's called. So I'll put that link to Winston's book in the episode description on loudavision.com. So thank you for finally being on the podcast. Ah, thank you for coming down. Yes, thank yeah. you for having us here in this wonderful you picked a place. Great week. Yes, amazing weather. And um, you had New Year's Island style. New yes, it was amazing to spend New Year's Eve somewhere not at home. Right. You know, it was amazing. Um, and it's what, like 80-something degrees right now. It's amazing. I'm about <laughs> to go in the pool right after this. That might be why people are hearing the waves and the wind. <laughs> so the audio, I did my best, but we're at the Bahamas. Right. So <laughs> you got to take what you can pack. So thanks for being on the podcast, and thanks for listening, everyone. I'm filmmaker, artist, author, and your host, Laura Mioli. You can connect with me getting creative tips and inspiration on social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Loudavision. And you can listen to more of these podcasts, read my blog, watch my videos, and contact me. Just go to loudavision.com. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now on Spotify. So subscribe and you won't miss any new episodes. Bye-bye from the Bahamas. Bye. Clarity for your creative career combines perspectives from more than 20 accomplished artists. Use your creativity and resourcefulness to survive and thrive. Learn how your mindset and emotions can be used to your advantage and lead you towards clarity. Discover your ideal career based on past experiences to live a happy, healthy life. For more information, go to lauramioli.com forward slash book. Now available on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited. If you have thought about starting your own podcast, but you aren't sure where to start, or maybe you have a general idea, but you need help getting it off the ground, go on over to loudavision.com and check out my quick course on how to hone your concept, create, record, and share your very own podcast. It's all online, so you can go at your own pace whenever and wherever you like. And if you use the coupon code LAUDA, L-O-U-D-A, I'll give you 10% off. 